This is Helping of Happiness, episode number 142. Today we are talking with Melanie Papworth from Plan for Awesome, all about emergency preparedness in our homes. Hi, I'm Hilary Hess, and you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I am a crazy mom of seven kids who loves to build memories through eating delicious family recipes and going on adventures with my family. On this podcast, you'll be introduced to light-filled people and ideas that inspire me to be a better mom and help me bring family closer together and closer to Jesus Christ. The irony of us coming out with an emergency preparedness episode in a week that has been crazy, crazy for those of us in Texas dealing with power outages and storms and all these other things that are happening to us, it is not lost on me. I know through these experiences, the Lord is just reminding me again to be more and more prepared. We recorded this episode over Christmas break. So it was a while ago and and I had planned all along to air it in February and I cannot believe the timing. Let me just tell you a little bit about what this week has looked like. In Texas, we have had the craziest temperatures. We are not used to having really, really cold in the winter. We have been one degree as our temperature with negative 14 degrees with the wind factor. It has been so cold for like a week. We've had snow, we've had ice, which sometimes we have for maybe a day a year, but not like we've had here. The energy grid has maxed out, and so there are tons of people without power. My cousin lives down in Austin, has been without power for three days. We've had friends without water because some of the city mains, the pipes have busted. So if you remember our friend Roselle Pliego that was on over on our podcast over the summer, she has been melting snow to flush her toilets. It's just the craziest. It is so crazy out here. We have friends that are super cold and friends that are just struggling right now. And the roads are pretty icy. And so a lot of people aren't even able to get out of their house too much. So we have been so blessed. We were only without power for seven hours when it was really cold. We woke up without power and um, had to do breakfast and things. Our house got to be about 55 degrees. And thankfully, our power came back on. There's been rolling blackouts all over, all over Texas. And we've just been super blessed that we've been able to keep power. Last night, there was word that there was a possibility of our water going out. So we started filling up all these different tubs and things and Tupperware and glasses and all kinds of things full of water just in case it went out. So we had water to drink and water to cook with and water to wash with. So that was really fun to be getting all of that ready, right? So some other measures that we took, we're going to write up in a post for later so that you guys can read that on our on our blog, helpingofhappiness.com. This just feels so timely. I know this is just a warning that I need to be prepared for more things in the future. I was reading some conference talks during my morning study, and one of them from General Conference is from W. Christopher Waddell, and he is talking about emergency preparedness, and I just wanted to read you some quotes from that talk, and then we'll then we'll hear from Melanie, which she has so much good stuff, and she's going to walk us through how to be more prepared in a way that is just not overwhelming. It's easy. She's taken all the hard work out, and all we have to do is just plug ourselves into this system. So, okay, so here's the quote. From the beginning of time, the Lord has provided direction to help his people prepare spiritually and temporally against the calamities and trials that he knows will come as part of this mortal experience. 
These calamities may be personal or general in nature, but the Lord's guidance will provide protection and support to the extent that we heed and act upon his counsel. Being temporally prepared and self-reliant means believing that through the grace or enabling power of Jesus Christ and our own effort, we are able to obtain all the spiritual and temporal necessities of life we require for ourselves and our families. As we seek to become temporally prepared, we can face the trials of life with increased confidence, peace in our hearts, and like Joseph in Egypt, we will be able to say, even in stressful circumstances, there was bread. So as you listen to this podcast today, I am not trying to give information and motivate through fear in any way. What I am hoping is that as we start applying these principles even more in our lives, that we will have more faith as we're going into hard situations, and we're going to be more open to the Spirit guiding us through our different emergencies that may be coming or that we may be in during our life. We have had so many little tiny experiences, little whispers of the Spirit telling us to do different things, such as having us put blankets all over our windows and moving our kids to the media room so that we had a chance to conserve some of our energy and our heat. If we hadn't had done that, it would have been, we would have been suffering a lot more when it, when our power was turned off. And I'm just so grateful that our furnace has worked and we have power and water and what a blessing it is for these small tender mercies. So here we go. Let's listen to Melanie. She is awesome. Um, we have a great coupon code in there for you. So keep listening. Melanie, I have been looking for a food storage person forever and I'm super excited. We have our emergency prep professional on with us today. So we have creator for Plan for Awesome, Melanie. Say hello, Melanie. Hello, thanks for having me today. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. Let's um, hear a little bit about you and your family. Okay, um, I am married to Tyler. We've been married for six years. We're a blended family. He has three kids and I have four. So uh, we've got a full house. His oldest two are out of the house. One is married back from a mission um, and living in Utah, he does have one little guy who's still home. So we've got, we basically have five kids at home. So, um, ages eight to 14. So that's our family. Busy. Yeah, (laughs) that is busy. Well, I am really excited about your blog is like the best resource for all things emergency prep. I'm really, it's like we could talk for weeks about all the things you have on there. So we're just going to take a few little topics today and then we can funnel all of our listeners over to your blog so they can research anything that they need to learn about. But tell me about Plan for Awesome. How did this get started? Why is emergency preparedness so important to you? Honestly, I don't know. (laughs) You know how we all just have interests? Mine has been emergency preparedness, like my whole life. Um, since I was a teenager, I would say. So I'm, I'm a total planner. I'm very organized. My whole life is on a spreadsheet. You know, I'm just a very like logical thinking things through planner throughout the years. I have just made different spreadsheets and I would price match and Um, and you know, my friends knew that I was interested in emergency preparedness and I was working on my food storage or I was, you know, putting together 72 hour kits or whatever. And they all just kind of stood back and were like, wow, I wish I had your energy (laughs) and your drive. (laughs) Um, 
you need to like get this out to the world, right? Like I, I don't have the energy to do what you're doing. And so you really need to find a way to get this to more people than just like your circle of friends. So that's kind of how my website came to be. Um, I decided to give it a shot. So I kind of started with an emergency preparedness post every once in a while mixed in with, you know, just mom stuff. I kind of decided a little while ago that it was time to just kind of focus on emergency preparedness, especially with where the world has gone this past year. Um, it's just become more clear to me that this is something that I can be helpful in, you know, because it is my passion and, and I am organized and I love creating printables and all that stuff. So to help other moms feel like they can do this because it's so necessary. It's so needed right now in our world. I just feel like this is it. This is what I want to do. And I'm so glad because I'm one of those overwhelmed moms. (laughs) (laughs) need some direction. Well, and I, I've been kind of on and off with my food storage through the years. It's like, I really get going and I bulk up a whole bunch of wheat and all kinds of long-term stuff. And then I get pulled in another direction and life just, you know, I forget about it for a while. And I realized, I thought I was doing pretty good until COVID hit. And I realized, okay, we are so underprepared. We really need to get busy working on this so especially with having seven kids we have so much food that we need to get ready and 72 hour kits and just a lot of a lot of stuff to get we we got out our 72 hour kits during the covid shutdown and there were diapers in there for my fifth child so we were so out of date like okay we don't even have clothes or anything for two of you my little one is potty trained like we we don't even need the i mean we could probably throw some diapers in there for night or something but we really don't need diapers like we we did years ago when we were doing yeah. these so i'm really glad you can be here to help me get back on track first of all how do we keep from being overwhelmed by everything we need to prepare? Because there's, it's just so much. Sometimes it's like, oh, where do I even begin? I would say, honestly, um, this might seem, seem like an answer you weren't expecting, but I would start with the easy thing. I really would. Um, unless you're a total, you know, gung-ho person like me, <laughs> which by the way, let me clarify, I am not like build a bunker you know, zombie apocalypse. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a normal mom. I've got, you know, I, we don't do that. We live in California. We do not have a basement. Like all these Utah people have, they're so lucky. Um, I feel your envy there. Oh yeah. We don't have oodles of space in our home for all of this stuff. I mean, we have to be very selective of what we do and we live normal lives. We're not living off the land. We have a really, you know, teeny yard, whatever. So I just want to clarify, like, I'm not this huge prepper or anything. Um, I'm more just like reasonable preparedness for families living a normal life. Start with the easy thing. You know, if you're overwhelmed by this, you can tackle big projects, but you probably won't finish because you've tried it before, right? Um, a lot of people have started something and they haven't finished. And I, that also comes with the caveat of you're never really finished, right? Which, so instead of being overwhelmed by that, just think, yeah, I'm never going to be finished. And so this isn't ever going to be something that I can check off of my list. It's kind of like raising kids. You can't ever check that off, right? You, you never stop being a mom you never stop your emergency preparedness. 
And so rather than being frozen by that and not doing anything toward it, just start with what feels easy and right to you and move forward. And you can feel good in that. You know, I really believe in the principle that we are blessed when we keep the commandments and heavenly father will magnify our efforts and, and bless us for that. And I think the biggest blessing that comes from that is our peace of mind. So just start, just start with what feels good and easy enough for you. That's my, my number one. I love that. Well, and that kind of gets the ball rolling, right? If you get one little project done, then it feels like you can do something else. Is that kind of them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. How do we afford emergency preparedness? Because that's another thing. I feel like it can kind of be a black hole. It can just, you just run into one thing and then it's like, oh, wait, but then I need that, but then I need that. So what do you do about that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely a, an issue for most people. And again, um, you can get creative with this. I know that a lot of people get a big tax return every year. So that's a really good way to get something that's going to be costly to get a big chunk of it out of the way, like food storage. You know, you can, you can buy a big amount or like if you're interested in a generator or something like that, like a bigger ticket item. Um, we've done things for Christmas gifts stocking stuffers, flashlights are great stock, stocking stuffers or different things for 72 hour kits. Um, when my husband's son got married, our gift to him and his wife was a pair of 72 hour kits. You know, I went through, I made them all. I printed off the list for them. I said, here's what you're missing that I, I couldn't put in like clothes, you know, um, <laughs> and things like that. So gifts using these, you know, being creative in that way, but also a lot of stuff is free or very, very cheap. And so again, if budget is an issue, I do have a few things like food storage. You can budget a hundred bucks a month and be well on your way. Um, and things like that. I also like for 72 hour kits, that's a longer project. Um, and I have a complete guide start to finish and it breaks it up into steps. So if budget or time is a concern for you, um, this allows you to tackle one thing, you know, you could do one step a week, one step a month, whatever your budget or time allows, or you could do it all in one shot, you know, and, and take one week and knock it out. So really it's just, again, it's that feeling of, you don't have to finish. You don't have to check this off tomorrow, just get started and buy things little by little. I will say something like 72 hour kits. If you're going to buy things little by little, um, be careful that you have somewhere to put those items so that they don't just get thrown in a closet and forgotten. And then it becomes this monstrous pile of just crap that you don't want to tackle. You know, again, that helps or that doesn't help. That is one reason a lot of people don't continue and they have all of these half finished products. So that's one of my steps is preparing your space, figure out a space where you're going to keep these finished things and that is the space that you put these things that you're collecting over time um, so that they're all there and they're not junking up your whole house. That's what I need to figure out because we did all these kits and now I'm like, where do we put nine kits? Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's so tough. many things, especially in the easy grab area because living in a hot place like Texas, I can't just keep them in my garage or all the food's going to be rotten and everything in it. Right. So, yeah. I know we had, we converted our front coat closet into our emergency closet. So instead of, you know, junking it up with other stuff, I mean, we all just keep our coats 
we live in California. We don't need coats most of the year anyway, Yeah. but, um, we keep our coats in our closets in our separate closets and our coat closet up front by our front door is where all of our 72 hour kits are and our water and all that stuff. So I think I need to fully convert mine because half of my closet is that, but then the other half of it is the coats and the backpacks and yeah, it's like, they're stepping on the 72 hour kits when they forget <laughs> something in the back of the closet. I'm sure there's just water leaking everywhere. They probably stepped <laughs> on the water bottles. I don't know. So that's actually a really good idea. I need to start doing that. Cause in Texas, we really only need coats for a month out of the year anyway. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's great. I love that. Okay. So what, let's talk about your 15 minute challenge that you have for families that need just like the strong jumping off point. Okay. So I actually developed this fully when COVID hit and I was home homeschooling my kids unexpectedly. And I just thought <laughs> everything was so <laughs> just like everyone else in, in America, in the world. Um, but our school district took six weeks to get up and running. So we were left, we didn't know it was going to take six weeks at the time, but we had a feeling it was going to be a while. You know, my sister's kids were back in school the following Monday, you know, um, doing zoom and doing the whole online thing. Our district took six weeks. So I had quite a bit of time with my kids and I just thought I'm never going to get this back. This is amazing. My kids are all involved in sports. Um, we're active in the church, you know, so we have youth activities. We've got all sorts of sporting things were gone six days a week at sport, sporting events, practices, whatever. Um, and so I just thought, this is amazing. I am never, ever going to get this kind of time with my kids again. And, and we had to be home. So there weren't even friends. It was kind of my kind dream. of magical in some ways. Yeah. yeah. And so I developed this challenge to give other moms kind of an idea of what I was planning on focusing on with my kids. You know, I take care of the emergency preparedness stuff and they know that, and they see me doing it, but I had never really taken the time to walk around with them and show them and teach them what I was doing. And so that's kind of how this was born. So I've run the challenge now three times for my audience, you know, over different, different months throughout this year. And I finally decided to compile it into an ebook. So all of the information is available on my website for free, but the feedback I got was people, again, they started and they were really excited about it. And by week two, they started petering out, you know, and they kind of forgot about it and whatever. And so my question was, you know, how can I make this something that you will stick to and finish? Because the last week is like the culmination of everything. The last week is where you teach all of your little kids. Your little kids aren't really involved in weeks one, two, and even three, because you have to prepare things, right? Yeah. You have to have the tools in your home to then teach your younger kids how to use them. So you can bring teenagers along the way throughout, throughout the first few weeks, but the last week is the most important because that's when your kids learn how to use all of these things that you have been accumulating or organizing throughout the month. And so it was just killing me that people weren't finishing and they just, they needed it easier. They needed it all in one place. They wanted to print it out and have it sitting on their kitchen counter every morning rather than having to go to my website. So I say that because you can get all of the information for free on my website, but if you are the type who needs to print it out or wants to have it all in one PDF on your computer, even if you still want it digitally, um, 
I put this together, this resource together for you. So, um, and it's long, like it's, I it mean, is. Tell them how many pages it's like a hundred pages or something. How long is it? Uh, I, and I didn't anticipate that. Don't let that scare you. I well, mean, no, I don't think it's scary. I think it's incredible that you took the time to organize it in such a way that you're giving us that much information. Just all, I just, wow. I just thought, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. The longer version. So this ebook has two versions. The longer one is for digital because, um, you wouldn't want to spend all, you wouldn't want to use all that ink, um, to print it out really. I've so, but again, I am more of a hands-on person. I want to hold it in my hand. I want to have it sitting on my kitchen counter to remind me every day. I think especially uh, I when you're walking around the house doing things, it's way easier yeah. to have your paper list than it is to be walking around with your device. Like, wait, yes. did we check this off? Did we do that? Exactly. Like I want to cross things off with a pen, yes. you know, I don't want to just, I don't know. Right. Notes of all these different really, things. They're good like that. You know, um, a lot of people really, I did a poll on, on my Instagram stories and asked, you know, do you want this digitally or would you like a printable option? And there were, there were quite a few who said, you know, I would, I would never print this out. I would just do digital, but there were more people who said, I want to print this out. So I went ahead and did both. Um, so the hundred page one, I think it's like 97 pages. Um, you know, it has a page that just says week one with a cool graphic on it. Right. So it's right. not like it's a hundred pages of reading. Don't let that freak you out. It's no. it's yeah. very easy to Well, and it's like, I like it because there's a lot of pictures in there too, of what certain things look like, which is very helpful when you're describing a tool or mm-hmm. you know, whatever thing it is that you're trying to like a gas meter or, you know, cause I'm like, yeah. what does my gas meter look like? You know, so it's exactly. great that you have those in there too. So yeah, it's not a hundred pages of just information, but it's so helpful. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, as far as the structure, it is broken up into weeks because like I said, I designed this to kind of go with my kids schooling that I was making up literally, (laughs) (laughs) um, every day. So I, it's 15 minutes or less a day. Some days you do max out those 15 minutes. You use every spare second there. And some days you're done in under five minutes. So it's promised that you can accomplish these tasks in 15 minutes or less. And it's only Monday through Friday. You get the weekends off because I figure, you know, right. So um, that's how it's designed. And that's how I kept it because I kind of need the weekend sometime to catch up on things that I miss throughout the week. So I like kind of having those two days of cushion anyway. Um, in fact, one of the girls who did it only did it on Sundays. They did a whole week. They did five days worth every Sunday because that's, oh, that's a cool day, idea, you know? So of course you can make this whatever you want. The information is there and it's one day at a time, but you can certainly do this as quick or as slow as you want. Um, so week one is mainly just for parents. Like I didn't even involve my teenagers in this one. It's it's basically purchasing. You're making a lot of purchases that week. When I say purchasing, you're not purchasing a year's worth of food storage. It's more like (laughs) making sure there's at least one flashlight per room in your home. So if you already have that many flashlights, you're good. You don't have to make that purchase, you know, um, making a purchase of a thermometer to keep inside your fridge and freezer. They're five bucks, you know, I mean, so these aren't crazy expensive things. 
but they are tools that you'll need to have in place once again by that last week. Um, one thing that I had never had to have before until we moved to this home was a fire ladder. We've never lived in a two-story home till now. And so that was something when I really thought about it, I just thought, oh my gosh, I haven't done this yet. And we've lived here for a couple of years, you know? Um, so that is a more expensive purchase, but again, I mean, they're under 50 bucks. So week one is mainly just making sure you're going to have all the tools that you need for the following weeks. Um, and then week two is bringing your older kids into that. So, um, and you know, this is to your, for your discretion, as far as if your kids are mature enough or what age you want to bring them into, um, because it's things like practicing shutting off your water, um, and learning where the shutoff tool is. And because once again, you've purchased that in week one, if you don't already have one, um, and just things like that, that, you know, a toddler doesn't really need to know. Um, but your teenagers or even, you know, eight, nine, 10 year olds, they could definitely benefit from that knowledge. So, well, and I'm thinking if there's a disaster and things are going really crazy, how nice would it be if I go to my 16 year old and say, go shut off the water and he knows how to do it when I'm in the middle of some other disaster. I, mean, I think that's so great if they know how to do these little things like that, because it can really save you time and energy in a crisis, right? Exactly. Well, and we're not always home, you know, I mean, I leave my kids home alone all the time or, you know, a pair of them or, you know, a different. Yeah. Oh, totally. And so, yeah, I, I want, <laughs> if they are able, I want them to know how to do these things. So, so yeah, it's important. Okay. So I want to go back to week one because in week one, you're talking about shutting off your gas and some other different kind of like walking us through our home to doing these different things. But I want you to tell the story about your gas meter and why you realized that that was such an important thing to know. Okay. So <laughs> I'm kind of a klutz. Okay. It's been an issue my whole life. This is why we could be really great friends because I am too. So I love these stories. <laughs> well, and the reason I put this in there and went ahead and admitted to my total mistake is because these things aren't necessarily only due to national, like natural disasters, right? Um, if you don't live in a hurricane zone, then you don't have to worry about preparing for a hurricane. Okay. Yeah. But life happens, you know, house fires can happen to anyone. You don't have to live in a wildfire, you know, prone area. Um, and gas meters can get hit by any car, <laughs> regardless of what part of the country you live in. So we had poured cement on the side of our house to make it, to, to give us more space in our on our driveway, um, to park a car on the side where we wouldn't be taking up space in front of our garage door. So it's kind of like RV parking, you yeah. would call, you know, you, you would refer to it as. So we had just poured that. So because of that, my husband moved the fence back the gate to get to the backyard and that exposed our gas meter. Um, actually, I guess our gas meter was already in the front because they are so that they can check them and turn them off and all that. But anyway, I was backing in. It's how I always park. I always back in. Like I, I kind of can't pull forward into parking spaces. I it's, it's weird. <laughs> so I always back in. So I was backing in and I just wasn't used to needing to look for a gas meter. Um, 
and I had missed it in my, my rear view mirror, you know, and I hadn't checked the side mirror when it would have come up, you know, after going up this, the tilt, I don't know if you can even picture this, but anyway, I'm totally I picturing totally it. Back <laughs> into our gas meter. I clipped it. I, I wouldn't say I clipped it. I took the whole thing off. <laughs> um, and luckily my husband was home because I had kids, um, with me in, in our suburban. And so he was home and he was in the backyard and he immediately heard it. It was so loud. It was like, you had to yell to hear each other over the hiss of the gas that was now just pouring out of the side of our house. Oh my gosh, that had and to be so, so scary. Oh yeah, it, it was. I mean, so I grabbed the kids and ran them to the, our neighborhood park and while he shut it off and we just waited for the gas to kind of dissipate, you know, before I brought the kids back, because if anything flammable had, you know, had been there, we would have been toast. So anyway, I learned several things from this experience, <laughs> but the biggest was we had a shutoff tool and we knew where it was. And it was three feet from our gas meter. And my husband just, it was instantaneous. We didn't have to think, we didn't have to go rummage around through the garage, looking for something that might be able to shut it off. We knew he knew exactly where it was. He took care of it. I took the kids. If he weren't there, I would have been able to take care of it. I knew where it was. Um, and so it's just really, really driven home the point of these things happen and they're called emergencies for a reason. We don't expect them. We don't anticipate them. And we, they don't fit into a little box, you know, of scenarios where you would need to need to use these tools or need to know this stuff. So, um, I never in a million years would have thought that we would have had to turn, shut the gas off right. when it had nothing to do with a city problem or a, you know, a tornado or a heavy windstorm or anything. I never would have thought parking my own suburban in my driveway would have required a shutoff tool for my gas meter, but it did. And we literally could have died, you know? So, um, yeah, that's my story. So get a shutoff tool. (laughs) I love it. I think it's so good. That's so important and such a real life story. I, I love that. It's just could be relevant to anybody. Okay. So let's go to week two a little bit. Let's talk okay. about, um, cause you talk a little bit about garages. So let's yeah. talk about garages a little bit. Okay. So in week one, like I said, you're kind of getting the stuff. And so you find your utility shutoffs and you buy the tool, but you don't actually practice doing it until you have the tool. Right. Um, <laughs> and so week two is where you bring your older kids in and you pretty much it's, it's focusing on all of the stuff like that. So, um, showing them where your water and gas shut off are and how to turn them off. By the way, you don't shut off your gas ever unless you really need to, because you have to call the gas company to come turn it back on. You can practice shutting off your water though. That's just a, they don't, it's not required for them to come out to turn it back on, but your gas don't do it. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I'm just saying, cause we did, we had to wait until that night when, when oh, someone sure. get out, we were just without our gas, you know, anything that runs on gas. Um, anyway, you also practice operating your garage door, garage door manually. So this is something that also becomes important. Just power outages can happen anywhere, anytime. And if you've got to go somewhere, (laughs) 
and your car is in your garage, you kind of can't leave without That's power. happened to me before. And my garage door opener, something went out with the electrical one time. So we had to learn how to do yeah. manual. And it yeah. was like in the moment, really stressful because you're supposed to be somewhere right now. Right. So it was crazy. And I think it was picking up kids. So it was like, scrambling yeah. trying to call somebody to try to go get them because you know you're going to be late and oh it's crazy yeah and again it it had nothing I mean your garage door thing broke it it didn't happen because of an earthquake you know exactly so again, this is these are basic things that every home owner and every every person who's capable ought to know and have the tools for another little plug I put in there on the garage door opener day is also making sure every person, every family member has a physical key to your home. And the reason for that is our, um, our garage door doesn't even have a keypad, but I know a lot of them do. And if they ever lost power, if their battery operated, if the battery dies again, you don't know when that's going to happen. Um, but our kids with this house have gotten used to our front door keypad. Our front door has a keypad. And so that's how they come in and out, you know, if they're coming in and our door's locked or whatever. So my son had come for his baseball cleats because he had left them here. So his dad was bringing him over um, to grab them. And I was at work and my husband was gone at work and, you know, no one was home. And our front door keypad died, had died. So he couldn't get in the house. So this was not a life threatening emergency or anything, but it was definitely an inconvenience for him that day. And he had to go yeah. in his shoes and it, it was no big deal, but you know, Just frustrating was, in the moment. Yeah. Frustrated. Yeah. So once again, like had we made sure that he had a key in case that were to happen, it doesn't happen very often. Batteries don't die every day, but they do die. And it really stinks if you're the one that it dies on and no one's mm -hmm. home. So, um, just little, little things like that. We're taking care of just small, you know, maybe low cost emergencies that could happen that will just save you a lot of frustration. So, um, that's what week two is about in week two, you fill out a printable that I have already made that you print out. Um, and it has a place for you to describe for your own home, where your water shutoff is, where your gas shutoff is, because every house is different. We're in California and our water shutoff is in our front lawn. It's in our front yard. There's a big cement block. And my sister lives in Utah and hers is in her daughter's closet in the basement. So finding, <laughs> yeah, so finding your water shut off is kind of a big deal. You know, I can't yeah. tell you exactly where it is. It depends on where you live. And so anyway, this, yeah, and I think ours is in the cement, like just outside our, like on our sidewalk. It's yes. Where the shutoffs are in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. But see somewhere like Utah where they get a ton of snow and all that, it's going to be inside right. in their, inside their home, most likely. So filling out this sheet, it tells you how to operate your garage door manually. I have put that on there because that's pretty, that's straight across the board, you know, and where your gas is, where your electricity shutoff is, where your circuit breakers are, all those things are on one printable that you hang in your garage with your shutoff tool and it's done you know, it's the shutoff cool tool costs $15 and the printable is free. And you just took care of four different topics of emergencies that could happen that you could take care of. 
So that's week two, just kind of bringing all of that home with your older kids who would be able to use those things. And, you know, again, I'm not going to teach my three-year-old how to operate a garage door manually because they'll never need to do that anyway. And Nor do I want them messing with the garage door right. ever. <laughs> right. So again, you just use your own discretion with what kids you want to bring in that week. Another thing I wanted to say with week two is you mount your fire extinguishers that you purchased in week one. So again, I feel like someone may have purchased a fire extinguisher, you know, once upon a time and thought it was a good idea and it's sitting underneath a pile of clothes in their closet or it's still in their garage in the box. If you have a need for a fire extinguisher, that's not going to be very helpful. <laughs> so I like to take things all the way. If we're going to do things, if we're going to purchase something, if, if we're going to explain how to use something, we need to have it usable. So one of the day's tasks, the only task that day is mounting any fire extinguishers that you have, find a place in your home for it and mount it, get it done, you know, make it usable, take it out of the box and hang it up. It usually comes with a mounting kit, you know, like with yeah. the things that you need to mount it. So get it done. That's your only task that day. And if you need to wait till your husband gets home from work, fine, but get it done, you know? I'm a big believer Love in that through all the way. Uh, week three is kind of like week two, just a continuation of it. So you're checking your smoke alarms, you're printing out a family emergency plan and talking about that. So again, you're getting your family emergency plan printed and deciding all the things for it in week three. And then in week four, you're going to present it to your little kids. Mm -hmm. So again, this is, it's not completely done because not everyone in your family knows about it yet in week three, but week three is thinking through it yourself as the adult and with your older kids and talking about it. But then you make sure everyone is on board on, you know, in, in that last week family emergency plan, you print out CPR instructions to have hanging in your kitchen on your fridge or wherever you're going to, going to have those. And you also think I had to put this in since it was during COVID. You think about things that you would need if you were, are you ready for this? <laughs> put in a situation where you were on stay at home orders or quarantine yes. and have this master list thought out and available every time you go to the grocery store. So this is a biggie that I think everyone probably understands the value of at this point. I have found that this is the best way to make sure you're always prepared for that is to have that master list of things that are really important that you would really struggle with not having and always have in this, I say a two week supply. If you already have a two week supply, bump it up to a four week supply and so on, you know, anything from toilet paper to diapers, to tampons, <laughs> to food you know, and just all the things. So think through. And again, every, I have a list to get you going, to get you thinking, but then the other side of that list is blank. And that's for you to make your own list because, you know, maybe you don't need diapers and I do, or maybe, you know, your family doesn't drink this, but mine does or whatever. Right. Or whatever medications or anything oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. It's huge. The week finishes off with that. And also again, just more of a list, a grab list of things that you would grab. Now, these are things separate from a 72 hour kit, but if you had 15 minutes to evacuate, what would you take? And I think what people don't realize, I thankfully have never been put in that situation where I have had to evacuate, 
although there have been places very close to us that have. Yeah. So really I've had friends sense. who have. Yeah. Yeah. Especially really, on the fires that happened this summer. It was there were yeah. fires everywhere. It's awful. So just I don't think you realize the panic that sets in. And if you have a pre-thought list that you have taken, you know, all of your family members input on and really thought through it and thought, what's the easiest, like I do mine by room. I'm not doing mine by alphabetically. I'm not doing mine. I'm not just making a list randomly of what pops into my head. I am walking around my home room by room because I'm going to grab everything in our downstairs bedroom at once. I don't want to have running up and down the stairs a million times. Like, Oh, now it's time to go get our scrapbook. Now, you know, no, no, make the most of that 15 minutes. Yeah. That's so great. So anyway, that's week three. And again, your little kids, they have a chance to give their input in the last week and you can maybe tag on a teddy bear or something that, you know, that's important to them. But the bulk of that thinking and discussion goes on in week three with the older, you know, with the adults and the older kids in the family. So that finishes off week three. And then week four is my favorite week. <laughs> There's a topic. Yay! I just love it so much. I'm such a geek. Um, I love it. I, so there's a topic each day and there's a printable, there's a, there's a printable guide to help you to just guide your discussion with your entire family. I call them family chats. So this would be something I think it's, I think it's great if every family member could be there. So if you need to yeah. do anything this week, you know, throughout the other weeks, it's just take care of it when you can. But I think that these are important for the whole family to be there. Um, but the first day Monday's topic is power outages and you talk about what to do. You make sure everyone has a flashlight because you've already purchased those in week one. You let the kids choose where in their bedroom they want to keep it so that they know where it is. Um, things like that. Another thing we discuss is food safety. So when the power goes out, I didn't realize this till a couple years ago, when the power goes out, you've got four hours for your food in your refrigerator before it can start to go bad. And if you're opening your fridge at all, that number drastically goes down that time that you have. Um, and your freezer only lasts a day or two. And then all that food is toast as well. So when the power goes out, it's a really simple thing. I just get a thing of masking tape and do a big X across our door handles of our fridge and freezer. And um, so we talk about that because if I'm not home, when the power goes out, I want my kids to know not to open the fridge a million times while I'm gone, you know, because what if the power's out for 12 hours? We just lost all that food or, you know, whatever. Do you talk about food safety? That's where the thermometers come in that you purchased in week one, because you need to know the temperature inside your fridge and inside your freezer to know, you know, if food has spoiled or if it's safe, things like that. So power outage is the first day that week. Then the second, so, day- and I have to say on power outage really quick. That was another thing that almost killed me during COVID was that we had a power outage right after I stocked my freezer full of all of this stuff. And I was so stressed out because it was for a couple of hours. And I just thought, what if I just went and purchased all this frozen food to stay in for a couple of weeks and it's rotten, right? On, you know, and all the stuff in the fridge. But luckily the power did come back on, but it made me realize how much more shelf stable foods that I need to have in place and not rely on that freezer. Cause it would have been horrible that we just spent all this money to make sure that we 
<laughs> didn't have to leave the house for a couple of weeks. And then we didn't have anything for the two weeks if we really had to stick around. Yes, that's that's rough. <laughs> that is <laughs> another reason to diversify. <laughs> I was very grateful that power outages did not, you know, was not like a natural thing to come with COVID. That I just thought, oh, right. I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'm so grateful. This is like my little warning that I really need to get going on this stuff. It's a little wake up call. It's so anyway, so keep going so on that. So true. Okay. The second day of the last week is all about house fires. So fire safety, obviously talking about, you know, touching the hot doorknob and things like that, but also again, seeing it through. So I realized when my kids were little that I had taught them, you know, that if the door is hot, you don't open it. If the door handles hot, um, and you would need to go out your window. Had we tried it? Did they know how to unlock their window? Could they reach their window? I had a big wake up call just when we were going through it. And I thought I'm going to walk around with my kids, you know, and then it hit me all these things as we were going through it. Like, oh my gosh, they don't even know how these latches work. I mean, I had teeny tiny kids, but you know, I mean, they could communicate. They were probably three and four or something, you know, I mean, they were young enough to wear whatever. So, um, again, in week one or two, I can't remember. You make sure there are stools underneath the windows in your kids' bedrooms where they can get out on their own. So on day two of that last week, when you're talking about house fires, you practice, you have them pull the stool over to their window. If it's not already there and you teach them how to unlock the window and you teach them how to lift the window, if it's an up and you know, all these things, and you make sure that they can follow this through the knowledge of going out a window is only helpful if they can do it. And if you're not sleeping in your kid's bedroom and this were to happen, they'll be stuck. Even though they know what they need to do, you haven't given them the tools to do it. It's taking it all the way. And the other thing is practicing using a fire ladder. And I <laughs> love your videos on this. This is so fun. I can't wait for you to tell our friends listening about this. I mean, I should probably redo those, but I just thought we, we were actually doing this as a family one day. And I just said, oh, I want to video this and, you know, put it up on my website. And I, <laughs> I realized real fast that like, I should probably make this a little more professional, but whatever. I haven't done it since. So we didn't feel the need to put it out of an actual window. That was a little, little too scary. You know, um, we don't need to, any trips to the ER just practicing these things. <laughs> we decided to hang it over the, our banister from the, the top of our stairs and just go down. The only problem with that is we didn't have a wall to steady the ladder. So it wasn't a hundred percent real. It was better than nothing. And we learned a lot. And I think the biggest thing that the we learned- like American Ninja Warrior, yeah. up this <laughs> I mean, ladder, it's it. so great. But you know, to know that we were there to catch them and it wasn't outside going out their window. And, you know, it was, it was kind of a happy medium trial run, I guess you could say, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is they've done it. And so, and they know that they can do it and they know that it's not as steady and it's wobbly and it hurts your feet if you're in bare feet, because you know, the steps aren't super smooth or anything. I mean, all these things that they just kind of got used to and learning the hardest part, I think was climbing over the top and getting yeah. started going down. I think that's, that's definitely the scariest part. Once you're, once you're on and going down, you're good, but they were able to practice that on our stairs. 
So again, just seeing this through, making sure everybody knows how to do it and that they can do it is so important, even, you know, with anything, but fire safety, I think is the number one on that. Um, and we also taught those who were old enough to use a fire extinguisher, how to do that as well. Another note on, and all this is in the ebook, but um, when you're mounting your fire extinguishers, consider putting them kind of low, you know? I mean, not low enough for a three-year-old, but low enough for an eight-year-old. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would. So um, we didn't mount ours super high necessarily. Um, so anyway, day two is all about house fires. And then the next is all about your emergency plan. And I know you wanted me to touch on what to include in this. An emergency plan, you know, can encompass, if you think of those words, that encompasses all types of emergencies. But the typed out emergency plan that I'm referring to is one that tells you, it has all your emergency phone numbers on there in one spot, you know, 911, poison control, the non-emergency police department number, all those things. And then it also has what we call safe places. And these are the places that your family would congregate to in the event of an emergency. So let's take the house fire example. You would want a location somewhere on your street, probably. So like ours is a neighbor kitty corner from us across the street. Um, somewhere away from your home, where if your home was on fire or had some, you know, like a gas leak, something like that, you're far enough away from the danger. Like next door, probably not a good idea. Cause yeah, but it's far enough. We know those people. So hanging out in their driveway wouldn't be weird and it would feel normal to them. Again, like we want them to know, we don't just want to say, go to that house over there, right. you know, use our neighbor's names. They know that house. Yeah. And that's important in an emergency situation. Like the more familiarity you can give them, the better. And the reason this might seem so dumb, but what if your kid's bedroom is on the backside of your house and they get out and they're just hanging out in the backyard and no one knows where they are. And it's because once again, you haven't thought through till the end, the full process, where do you go? Once you get out, you get them out, but now get away from the house. You want to, you know, run around the house and get across the street to that neighbor's house or whatever it might be. And then another safe place would be like in the neighborhood, if your whole street is on fire or has a, whatever, a leak or a dangerous situation going on, and then just somewhere in your community. So if your whole neighborhood is toast, you know, if you're coming home from a friend's house and our neighborhood is blocked off because there's some craziness going on. Where are we going to meet in the community? You know, at another friend's home outside of our neighborhood? Is it at the grocery store? Is it at the church building? What's close enough, you know, that's realistic. And I know, again, everyone has cell phones these days. Why would we need to know that? In emergencies, those cell phones are jammed. You cannot communicate, especially with people inside the emergency zone. Yeah. So it's really important to just know where to go in case you can't get a phone or a, a phone call or a text through. So are we going to have to use these things in our lives? Hopefully not, but have people had to use them in the past? Absolutely. So I think it's worth a 15 minute family discussion about these things, you know? Yeah. So that's the, the family emergency plan day, if you will. And then the next one, the next topic is earthquakes. So you just talk about earthquake safety, 
once again, you don't just say, okay, find this type of object to, you know, to cover and hold on to you walk around your home and you, you guys, you know, the whole family discusses, okay, what is the safest place in this room? What if we were all here? We all can't fit under that desk or that table. So where would the adults go? Where would the kids go? So that if that happens, you don't have time to think through this stuff. That's the point. So the earthquake safety day is mainly just that, just talking and going through your home and making sure everyone knows basic earthquake safety. I grew up in California and I ended up back here as well. Things have changed. They don't say to get in a doorway anymore like they used to, you know, so make sure you're current on your earthquake knowledge as well, because things have changed from when we were younger. And Uh, other natural disasters, right? Because where we are in Texas, their earthquakes are not really a thing, but tornadoes are a thing all the time. We're constantly hiding from tornadoes every spring, every fall. So having them know what those clouds look like and be able to listen for the sirens and knowing what room to hide in is super important for us here in Texas. Exactly. So, you know, the earthquake day, maybe I should, I should revamp that <laughs> and make it for whatever disasters are, you know, are most likely in but your I mean, area. Earthquakes could happen anywhere, you know, they so and and since earthquakes aren't really talked about here in Texas, I probably need to go over that with my kids because they yeah. probably have a much better idea of what to do in a tornado than they do during an earthquake. But I think that's such a great thing because it just got me thinking, okay, I need to think about all the natural disasters that were, would be most likely to happen in my area. That would be a great day to talk about those things. Exactly. Yeah. It just gets you talking, gets you thinking you're all gathered. So of course I'm, my guides aren't the end all be all, you know, you want to take. That's what's so great is they're a starting point and they walk us to the next steps, which is, I think, because you can't be tailored individually to every person everywhere. That was impossible. Right. But that you have this format and this outline where it gets most of the things that you need and gets you in the right direction where you can figure out the details on your own. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Well, and with the earthquake thing, there's, um, I have a quote in my, in my ebook from that commercial (laughs) that shows like kids and TVs and how many kids are injured or killed from falling furniture, TVs, things like that. You know, it's insane. It's not from earthquakes. It's just from life. It's from them pulling on them when you're not watching or whatever. So, you know, some of the earthquake tips there, I kind of have like a little section at the bottom, like, you know, here's where to go. If you're feeling like you want to make your home more earthquake safe, So obviously that's not something that you would do with your little kids right there in under 15 minutes, but it's kind of like a where to go next. You know, those last couple days, I kind of give you some, some ideas of where you could go next. And if you're going there, securing all of your heavy furniture, and that's not only for people who live in earthquake areas, you know, yeah, um, it can, this stuff bleeds over to anyone anywhere. So, and as, as you were saying, you know, you don't get earthquakes in Texas, if your kids are traveling, what if you're on vacation to mm-hmm. Disneyland in California and an earthquake were to happen? It wouldn't be a bad thing for them to know, you know, so it's not good for them. So well, and who's to know when they grow up and they go and live in an earthquake area? Cause earthquake areas expand a lot of the, the U S and the world. So yeah, it's a very common calamity. I grew up in the West, so we knew all our earthquake safety, you know, all our yeah. drills. Cause they're in in Reno, you get, you get earthquakes right next to that California fault. You're right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, and then the last day that week is grab list. So you're talking 
you're kind of, you know, dumbing it down a little bit for your younger kids, so to speak, and just talking about an evacuation, you know, just so that it's not a shock if it were ever to happen. These things happen sometimes Mm -hmm. with the wildfires, you could talk about those or whatever. And what would we want to take, you know, if we only had five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, talk about different scenarios and then go through your list, walk through your home. If you didn't have a chance to do that on week three with everybody, you know, see if anyone else has anything to add or take away. And then the big thing is making sure you have the bags to put all of these things in. So doing a practice run, I use trash bags. I know that sounds super ghetto. I don't want to have to use luggage. I need it there with my 72 hour kits ready to roll. And I'm not going to go spend a bunch of money on bags that I hope I will never have to use in my life. And that's a bag that is very malleable. You can make it big or small. You can dispose of it if you really don't need it later on down the road. It shrinks up really tiny. So it's not taking up space. I think that's a great idea. And it can fit a ton of stuff if you have if it's cold and you want some coats and stuff in there more yeah, that, that in there. That and... is on our grab list. And I just think, yeah, we're not going to use suitcases for this. Here's a trash bag. And I even have like a little index card taped to the trash bag. So the list is right there on each bag of what Perfect. fits each bag. And, you know, here you take this bag and go down the list and get everything in it. And that's upstairs and go, you know. So anyway, it's just kind of following through with the process, really going through, okay, what would we do? what's realistic, what's going to actually fit into our car. You know, we can't take everything, um, all of that. So that finishes. Well, and I love that you even do a run through where you have everybody practice getting the stuff and then putting it in the car. So you can have a visual of how much space that takes. Oh, that's such yeah. a good idea. Cause in the moment when you're totally frazzled and you're stressed out and having to try to make those judgment calls, has got to be so hard yeah. about what you would take and what you wouldn't. I think that's brilliant and my kids would actually probably think that was kind of fun if like you could turn this into such a fun game like the whole ladder challenge and then the stuff and grab and put I mean you could really make this super fun doing all these little things it really can be you know my kids were rolling their eyes when I said okay we're gonna do this today we're gonna do this but we ended up having fun like the fire ladder I mean that was a blast and yeah the grab list thing I mean these things can be fun some of them really aren't but especially that last week. It's fun. It's fun to walk around and kind of play detective and find different places in your home or, you know, so yeah, for sure. That's awesome. What a great idea. Well, and you can always have like a fun treat at the end of it and make it like this. I don't know. There's so many ways you can make this into a fun thing for the family. For sure. Yep. So that's, that's where I would start. That is a great start. And I love your ebook so much because it does baby step me through all of it, which is what I need. And to help me follow through, like with the fire extinguishers, I'm a fire extinguisher. And as you're talking, I'm like, where is that fire extinguisher? (laughs) It's somewhere. It should be in the kitchen pantry, but is it? I don't know. I need to go find that thing. That's not something I should just have on the loose. (laughs) I need to find that. Yes, for sure. Yep. So, this is anyway. This is I love that. This is for everyone. Okay. So, so let's tell everybody where we can find this. Where can we find you? Uh, my website is planforawesome.com. And that's my handle on Instagram. That's where I am the most just plan for awesome. One word. I do have a Facebook page, but it, I'm rarely on there. So go to Instagram. 
And then, like I said, this challenge is available for free on my website. You just go to the homepage and click on, it's the top box there, the emergency preparedness challenge for families or something that it's called. Um, if you want it all in one pretty and visually appealing PDF, you can do the ebook and that's just planforawesome.com slash ebook. That will tell you about it, walk you through it and um, make that available for purchase if you would like. And we have a code. We have a coupon code. Okay, so let's tell them the code. So HAPPY20, all caps, H-A-P-P-Y 20 will get you 20% off anything in my shop. So you can do the ebook or the ebook bundle that comes with the printable version as well that will save you on ink and paper, anything else in there. And yeah, I just hope to help you guys get prepared. I'm it's so excited. It's so great. I'm so people. So I, well, and it feels doable. That's the whole thing is that it felt so overwhelming. This feels like something I can do. I can start, I can finish. It's going to be great. I know when I should do things on my own instead of involving my kids We're we're not prepared to do that yet, which sometimes happens. And then it's like, Oh, why did we do this? But this is like, you've totally set me up for success. So <laughs> I love that so much. Good. Yay. That makes my day. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Melanie. Well, I have some really good news for you. We get to have Melanie back on next week. Yay! She is going to walk us all through 72-hour kits. And she has so much amazing stuff. You are going to love it, especially if you love today. Next week, it's going to be so super fun. So thank you so much for bearing with me. I hope you're not hearing the water <laughs> dripping in the background as we're still trying to run our faucets so that our pipes don't freeze during these intros and outros. And I just am so grateful for you listening today. We just love so much having you with us. So if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. If you have a friend that is that had emergency preparedness on their mind, share this episode, share Melanie's website, Plan for Awesome. She's got so much goodness in there. You, you just got a little tiny slice today. So the coupon code one more time so you don't forget, so you can get 20% off anything in her shop, which it's happy, H-A-P-P-Y, number 20. Thank you for being with us and we'll see you next week.